Welcome into the, I'd say unofficial first episode of Impact Is Zone. Unofficials of, putting it very lightly. Yeah, we are Trent Bally, Luke Sloan, Brennan Shabath, uh, your guys back from last year. We are in the, the bowels of now Gamebridge Fieldhouse, formerly Banker's Life Fieldhouse here in gorgeous Indianapolis, Indiana for Big Ten Basketball Media Days. Michigan State women's basketball, men's basketball, both in attendance. Susie Merchant, Tom Izzo, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, Nia Cloudin, and Tori Osmond all in attendance as well. Like we said, we're in the bowels here. Just recording a quick, like, 15, 20-minute, like, preview to the season preview. So, guys, I just want to get your opinions first. Indianapolis, this is where the Big Ten tournament's going to be this year. Gorgeous city. It just feels, being back in person, like, hoops and and normal normalcy is just kind of back i mean when we were on the drive up here luke you were mentioning that this is the beats first real trip that the three of us have gotten to go on so that's pretty cool super fun we had a great four-hour car ride up here just you know shooting the stuff and and talking about whatever and it's so exciting to be back in person And, and it seems like not just Susie and, and Tom for Michigan State, but all the coaches that have talked today, and I think from what I saw yesterday, are very excited to see faces and be back in person. And, you know, traveling is never fun, but having somewhere to be and something to do and people to see in person instead of sitting at home on, on your Zoom behind your screen, it, it's, it's super awesome, and I'm really excited. That's something that Tom Izzo said to Trent and Susie Merchant as well. We, um, the, the player press conferences are to follow this podcast report that you're recording right now. As Tom Izzo and Susie Merchant spoke earlier, and one thing that they both said, the consensus was fans back in the stands, off of Zoom, in-person media. I think everybody here, including the coaches who, you know, coaches, media, it's that age-old debate. I think they're, they're even happy to see us back in the building. It's funny because everyone's just kind of in the same boat, whether you're coach, media, player, whatever, even fan, just to be in person again and just have that interaction and everything. That's And I won't beat the dead horse, but, you know, Indianapolis here, beautiful city. Like you said, Luke, that's where the Big Ten uh, tournament's going to be, and rightfully so. And Tom mentioned that. And it's just it's, it is immaculate to be back, and you kind of take things for granted, but no one's more fired up than the coaches. And Tom said you can't fist fight a cardboard cutout. I think it's kind of funny because he kind of likes jarring with the media, and it's fun to be back face-to-face, not over Zoom. So we've heard from a, a number of, of Big Ten head coaches so far today. Greg Gard from Wisconsin, Mike Woodson from Indiana, Chris Collins from Northwestern, obviously Tom Izzo, and Susie Merchant here representing Michigan State. Am I forgetting any guys? Matt Painter. Yep, Matt Painter is a big one. <clears throat> the two new hires from Penn State and Minnesota. M- Micah Shrewsbury from Penn State was really, really important. Ben Johnson from Minnesota. So we've really got a nice mix, I think, of um, coaches that have been here for a while, coaches that are newer. What are, what are some of your guys' first impressions just from listening to some coaches taking in some stuff uh Trent I'll start with you I mean we're all in consensus here I'll take the obvious one Matt Painter is absolutely fantastic when he talks he he just drops knowledge I think Brent yeah Brendan and I were talking about how like he just has more he says more real stuff and not coach speak than most coaches say in their entire season so like it's just that was that's been so far my biggest takeaway honestly is Matt Painter and Purdue they look like they're primed and he just is he's locked in we, we, we text back and, like, obviously this is a professional press conference setting. We're not on Zoom anymore in our pajamas and stuff. So it's it's dead silent for, like, the, the extent of all the press conferences. I'm texting back and forth with you guys, and I said, listening to Matt Painter talk X's and O's, like, I could listen to that all day long. That I could go to sleep to Matt Painter talking about basketball. I mean, it's phenomenal. You know, obviously not a huge Purdue fan, you know, obviously a Spartan fan through and through right now, but... 
once I once I graduate and get out of here, I would absolutely love to go work for Purdue Radio or something, calling Matt Painter games and getting to talk to him every day. I mean, he's just a, a phenomenal coach. I I honestly do root for him outside of when they come to East Lansing or the Spartans go to town there. Uh, I was upset last year that they didn't live up to their expectations, you know, and, and, and lost the way they did to North Texas. But they've got high expectations this year. They're going to be a fun team to watch. And as far as the rest of the league goes, I mean, there's some I, – I thought Micah Shrewsbury made a good impression, Ben Johnson as well. Those two seem like they have a good grip on what it takes to be a head coach maybe, and, and they both don't have a lot of head coaching experience. Micah Shrewsbury hasn't been a head coach at all yet. I don't know if Ben Johnson has either, and I think they're both going to be set. Th- those programs are going to take a while to get back to the limelight of the Big Ten. Um, Mike Woodson, we'll see how that yeah. goes. I, I think the three of us weren't really impressed by him. I think Indiana's at a, uh, a fulcrum right now with their program that can go one way or the other at a tipping point. Um, I thought Greg Gard was just okay. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been fun to be here, and listening to Matt Painter is just we'll, highlight of the day. We'll, we'll get into some more Michigan State here in a moment. Obviously, this is not just a Michigan State hoops podcast, but also around the Big Ten for anybody who may just be tuning in, if you skipped ahead to the 523 mark, I just want to set the scene once again. We are outside of a, a maintenance room and a mechanical room, and uh, we're standing next to a fire extinguisher here in the loading dock of Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. Everything looks beautiful. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, is here today. All of the coaches from each member institution, a couple of players, sometimes three players per team. The, the court is beautiful. The court, uh, well, obviously this is the home of the Pacers. Uh, the court is all set up for what it would look like during the Big Ten tournament, so a preview of what's to come. But I kind of want to stick in the Big Ten and stick with some of these newcomer coaches. A little bit more about Mike Woodson because we're kind of feeling out the Big Ten so far this year. Woodson, not the greatest impression in his opening press conference. We were joking yesterday that we wanted to talk to him about the 4 Pistons uh, after he was on the bench of that team. But I know, Trent, you got some thoughts on Woodson. Yeah, look, Brendan pretty much nailed it. It's kind of like Indiana's program here. Indiana calls themselves the crossroads of America. The state itself calls themselves that. And Indiana basketball is at a crossroads here with their program. I'm not sure which way they're going. Um, <laughs> it's just been it's been brutal for them lately. Let's just call a spade a spade. So we'll see. Archie they, Miller. They, they've got some talent. Like Trace Jackson Davis is going to be one of the best big men in the league again. So we'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, uh, early impression, Mike Woodson doesn't really seem to have a great grip on his roster. And that's the thing. I mean, that's the early impression of outside media like us, which I think is an interesting take because Indiana, from what it sounds like, got the guy they wanted. I mean, he's – you know, Indiana. They paid him like the guy they wanted as well. Exactly, and and they, I mean, they paid ten million just to, for Archie Miller to just go away. So, I mean, they definitely wanted Miller out and wanted Woodson in, but like I said, he didn't make a great first impression on us. He seemed a little bit all over the place, and I don't think Indiana's really going to surprise anybody this year. I I really expect them to be middle of the pack, and that's kind of what you get with a mishmash roster of guys that are returning like Trace Jackson Davis and you've got some good freshmen in there and then you got some guys that left and some transfers coming in but Woodson was the guy they wanted and you know he went to Indiana that's his alma mater and and that's who they were trying to get and we'll see what he can do I mean he's, he's got a good track record he's got a, a fantastic basketball resume but we'll see if it can translate to his former school I want to put a cap on the last kind of two newcomers before we 
talk about a couple of more experienced coaches, and then we get into some Michigan State green and white stuff. Ben Johnson, who is the new coach, taking over for Richard Patino. Richard Patino? Yep. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I'm forgetting names. It's, it's funny. You leave the Big Ten, and apparently you leave our minds. Right. Taking over for Patino at Minnesota, and then you have Micah Shrewsbury. Excuse me. Apologies. This is just a crazy off-the-record, crazy podcast. Micah Shrewsbury taking over. Obviously, Pat Chambers was fired before last year. They had an interim coach last year. Micah Shrewsbury is taking over. He was on Painter's bench last year in Purdue. I think the consensus is we were both pretty impressed with with both of them. They seem pretty sharp, like dynamic coaches. Uh, you know, they seem like they can get some stuff done in recruiting. And Trent, I'm going to throw it to you about uh, Shrewsbury and Penn State. They're bringing back a, a, a pretty experienced roster. Seth Lundy, you know, Josh Hara, some pretty good experience. I, you know, maybe they could be a sleeper team. They could be. I mean, this is the Big Ten. I don't want to just speak in cliches here, but I think it's the best conference in the nation. I know Brendan might differ, but uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Penn State, even as a not great team last year, they gave some teams some fits, you know, including the Spartans at home. And granted, the Spartans weren't great last year, but yeah, I don't see any reason why Penn State can't, you know, be a middle of the pack team in this conference at, at best, you know, that's, but that should be their goal, and that's fine. You know, we were driving through the heartland of America, the breadbasket of the breadbasket of America, driving up here yesterday through Indiana. It was it was fantastic. But Ben or Ben, Ben Johnson, he, he's Minnesota's coach. But Brendan, we were talking a little bit about Minnesota on the ride up and just the roster, tur- the unbelievable roster turnover that they had. You had a number on that. Uh, you can you can share that and kind of ga- give your thoughts on Minnesota. You know, it, the, I'd say. Ben Johnson and the the Golden Gophers, it's a bigger rebuild than what Penn State's going to have to go through. Oh, 100%. I mean, Penn State still has some pieces in place that we mentioned. Minnesota's got a, a long and a steep hill to climb, but Ben Johnson, to me, seems like a good guy. He's young. He's, he's going to be uh, excited and ready to go, and he's going to have a lot of energy. But, yeah, I, I, I want to credit Brendan Quinn, a writer for The Athletic, for this when he was doing his Big Ten preseason rankings. He, he gave a little tidbit about Minnesota. I'm not sure if, this, if these numbers are exactly correct, but it was something like 13 of their 14 players come from different teams the year before. And of those 13, they've got players coming from six different levels of basketball. So you've got the high school recruits, obviously you've got division one, division two, II, division three, NAIA, you know, Mac transfers, all this stuff like that. So they just have a huge gumbo chicken soup of players that come from all different backgrounds and all different areas. And that's not exactly the recipe for success, especially in a conference as tough as the big 10 which, Trent, you're right, I don't think is the best conference in college basketball. But we'll, we'll see how this season plays out, and that'll be a conversation for later down the road, probably in January or February. But, yeah, Minnesota exactly isn't exactly poised to rebuild quickly, but they've got a young coach and they've got a couple nice pieces, and we'll see what they can do. I think the Big Ten is more fun when Minnesota's good. It looked the like barn Williams Arena, yeah, great, yeah. great place. And it looked like Patino was gonna was gonna do it when he originally started there, and he got some good recruits and they had some good guys, but it just didn't work out in the end. And we'll see how they can go moving forward. 
Let's talk some green and white hoops now. Obviously, we mentioned earlier at the top of the podcast, both Tom Izzo and Susie Merchant and respective players from each team are in attendance today. You know, (laughs) excuse me again. Obviously, this is the Impact Izzo podcast, so we stick more on the men's side. The women's side is going to have a fantastic year. The Breslin Breakdown podcast, we can plug things on this podcast. So tune in. We can. Tune in. Tune in to the Breslin Breakdown podcast, all things Michigan State women's basketball. But a couple of quick points on Susie Merchant and her Spartans. You know, Trent, Nia Cloudon was one of the names that came out of her mouth first today. And you got to figure it's going to start and end with her. We're going we're gonna to hear from Nia and Susie again here in about 15 minutes real time. Once again, real time podcast in the depths of the arena. But Cloudon, Spartans, it's going to be a big year for them. Something I didn't really realize, and I heard it today when they were introducing Susie on the stage, is she's been here for a decade and a half and hasn't had a losing season. Ten, tur- ten tournament appearances as well. And a big part of that is their guard play. It's always guards. And Nia Cloudon, you know, she came in as with, with us, Sloan, as a freshman. And I remember watching, covering a women's game that year and just thinking, like, she just has it, man. She, like, has, like, the Kyrie Irving-esque, like, craftiness under the like under the hoop she can shoot it a little bit she's got great handles great passing so like she's the leader that this team needs and 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 luke i'm gonna plug your your column that you wrote about nia clouden and Susie merchants uh Susie merchants confidence in her and and them yeah they're gonna go as she goes and i think she's gonna go so i think this team has the ceiling is the floor for the team this team has got a lot of depth, too, Brennan. You think of Eliza Winston at guard. They brought in a really nice freshman class. Tori Osmond is another veteran leader, Alicia Smith. This team is really deep, talented. You know, they bring back their top seven rotational players from last year. You know, like Trent mentioned, Susie Merch- Merchant has a reputation of winning in East Lansing. It's an experienced group, veteran group, really talented group. you got to figure, you know, we're really excited because it's on both sides it's going to be great years for the Green and White. Yeah, and you know the number that stood out to me when Susie Merchant hopped up there, hopped up to there on the podium, and she was quick to get it out because it's a good number. They return eighty-four percent of their points from last season. That's a huge number. It's a luxury. Eight, I mean, that's that's fantastic for if you're a head coach. That's exactly what you want. And you mentioned Eliza Winston averaged eleven points last season for Michigan State. Mo Joyner is a, a Dennis Rodman type. Uh, of player for for this team they're going to be a lot of fun to watch i'm so excited to cover this team and and pay attention to how they do i'll I'll hopefully get to call some games for big 10 plus and and be out there courtside watching them i'm really excited for them to make a run it's michigan state basketball as a whole program the men and the women combined is so much more fun when the women are competitive too obviously women's college basketball is just a dog fight you know you got teams like Baylor and UConn and Tennessee and Notre Dame and South Carolina they're always in the top five and they're so hard to take over but Michigan State has made their runs before it's fun watching them go up against Maryland who is a perennial powerhouse and like I said when, when Michigan State women's basketball is better so is Michigan State basketball all around. Let's get into the men's side now. Tom Izzo spoke. He was the second coach to speak today behind Susie Merchant at about 8.30 this morning here in Indianapolis where we are. He spoke at length about the point guard situation, a little bit about his captains this year. Took a lot of questions, including one from our very own Brennan Shabath about the freshman class. Talked a little bit about Joey Hauser's role, Marcus Bingham's offseason, having fans back. He really hit on a variety of topics. We're going to get the chance to talk to him here in about 45 minutes again. 
Malik Hall, Gabe Brown, this year's captains are also here. Trent, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Top impressions from Izzo's 10-minute press conference on BTN live on the big stage this morning. The big takeaway had to be when he was asked about what why his team's going to be better this season because it's no hiding that you know last season was a bit of a disappointment. He brought up the point guard situation like that. He said, you know, Tyson Walker is able to shoot it. He's a defensive player of the year in the CAA before coming over. And then, you know, obviously Hogard. He said Hogard has slimmed down. He's lost weight. He's a sophomore. He's that classic four-year player that Izzo loves, it seems to be. So that situation, and, and, you know, he also used the analogy that in football you have one quarterback, but in basketball you can have two. And I think that he's going to try to get some sets with both those guys playing at the same time, flying around. And, like, that could be a great defensive lineup, I think. Yeah, I think today he really tried to not, I think, subliminally, kind of passive-aggressively rid people of the notion that it's a point guard battle, like a a quarterback battle for the starting job. I think he's really going to lean on both of them because Hogarth and Walker do different things. Walker's really quick, really athletic, very good defender. Hogarth's a little bit more methodical. He's going to take his time. He's going to survey the floor probably a little bit better, maybe make smarter decisions. But having both of them being able to play the floor at the same time is, is something Izzo mentioned that he might want to try to do. And, you know, Izzo mentioned that this is, a, especially the past couple of years, we talked about this on the road up, that this conference is led by big men. And all of them from last year that were phenomenal, except for Luca Garza, come back. You've got Coburn, Trace Jackson Davis, Travion Williams, Hunter Dickinson. Like, the list goes on and on and on about phenomenal big men. And that's something Michigan State doesn't have. We'll see if Marcus Bingham can have a huge year this year and make a big step. And I think that's something that is a real possibility. But Izzo mentioned that and said, despite this being a big man league, you win championships with point guards. And I think he's 100% true. I think that just goes for all of college basketball. Is their point guard led just like football's quarterback led? It's the same thing. And I, I think we really have this idea that it's a point guard battle and Walker's the transfer. He's got to start. But Hogard's slimmer and Izzo's a program guy and he's going to play Hogard because he was here. I think he's really going to try his best to get the most out of both of them at the same time and not really lean as on one as a starter because we've seen Izzo switch up the starting lineups constantly we saw it all last season we did, we never had a consistent starting lineup Hogarth started sometimes Rocket did um so I'm really excited to see them both play but yeah I don't, I don't think Izzo's going to be worried too much about who's going to be the starter and he's really going to be set on picking one I think he might go back and forth I want to go back to your point too Trent you know he said a pretty good line he said I was trying to fit you know square pegs and round holes last year with the point guard position obviously we talked about it at length on impact his own Rocket Watts Foster Lawyer both of whom aren't with the program anymore AJ Hogarth was a part of that mix too he's still in the mix this year but I want to go back to some stuff he said about the freshmen today during the 10-minute press conference earlier this morning here in Indianapolis and about Max Christie in particular presumed starter in in the starting five probably at that two guard position He compared him to Gary Harris and said, hey, he's maybe the best recruited guard I've had since Gary Harris. Do you see kind of those comparables in their games? I can see it, the way he's athletic and attacks the rim like that. And, and, you know, Gary Harris went 19th overall in the NBA draft after two seasons. So that's that. those are some lofty expectations. But, hey, like, I'm all for it, man. Spartan Nation needs something to get fired up about after last season's disappointment. You're right, Sloan. I think Christie's going to start. At the very least, he's going to play starter minutes. So... That'll be some, that's probably going to be the most exciting storyline this year for this team, I think, is the freshmen and really seeing this, this class take off as we kind of enter this next wave as the, you know, the 2019 Final Four team starts to fizzle their way out. You know, I'll kick it to you, Brendan, here in a second. He really spoke 
kind of differently today about all his freshmen. He mentioned Jaden Akins and him playing a big role. Christy, you know, kind of off the top, talked about him. Didn't really give uh, Pierre Brooks mention, but we think he's probably a little bit behind uh, Christy and Akins in terms of overall development. You asked you asked Izzo a question today during the press conference about his freshmen. It seems like the, the mood and the vibe and the feeling with those two guys in particular is that they're going to be impact players from the get-go, which is it bucking the trend? I mean, I know you say, you know, program guy. You asked him the question today. Uh, thoughts on the freshmen? I think the freshmen are going to be exciting. I want them to play more, and I know Spartan fans do. I mean, this feels like, and it's not even that great of a freshman class. I mean, don't get me wrong. All these three guys are phenomenal, and I really like all three of the pickups from Michigan State. But this is, it's not comparable and skilled, but I think this is the first freshman class since like Bridges and Langford and Winston where it's like, okay, these guys can come in and with the guys we have now, they can probably find a role and immediately make an impact, especially Christy being the McDonald's All-American, 6'5", he put on weight, he got stronger in the offseason since he got up here. So I think that's something that Michigan State fans are excited for, but we've seen it the past couple years in college basketball, and I know we talked about it on the drive up here, that it seems more going around the country and especially not in the Big Ten the trend is to build a team for this year and a lot of coaches and a lot of programs don't care if you're a four-year guy they want transfers that you know succeeded at their previous schools they want high school recruits that are going to come in and only play for one or two years and they you look at Baylor you look at Texas Texas Tech Gonzaga you know a lot of these teams UCLA who went on a final four run Alabama a lot of these teams just build one year at a time and it's a brand new team it seems like every single year and Tom Izzo I can tell you for a fact hates that and he mentioned it today he said we're still going to look for the program guy we're going to recruit the four-year guy and sprinkle in the transfer portal people here and there and I think that can cause some issues and he mentioned that he's willing to reap the consequences of that and, and you know reap what he sows but I think the freshmen are going to be exciting. I don't know how much Pierre and Jaden are really going to play a role. I think Michigan State is going to primarily lean, like we've already talked about, on Hogard and Walker to run the point. Aikens might come in and get a little bit of help at the two. Christie, I think, is going to run the two primarily for Michigan State. But I will say, Rocket Watch transferred after being the the circular peg that Izzo wanted to put in the square hole. Um but I don't know. Having Rocket on this team would be pretty nice if you're Michigan State right now. He could go back to playing that two spot. Hogard and Walker could run the one. You could have Gabe over there on the wing with Rocket. That'd be that'd be a very exciting starting five if you add Hall and Bingham in there and Walker at, at the point and even Hogard. So I don't know. I'm sure Michigan State would, would like to have Watts back right now. But I think Christie is a, is a pretty good consolation prize. We'll keep things in perspective. Obviously, we're early October here. Basketball season about a month away. Practices are underway, eight, nine days of practice so far. So we're going to save a lot of the uh, the really hard-hitting analysis, the the predictions, the previews for this season for a later episode. Keep it in perspective. We're about to hop off here. We have uh, interviews coming up with Gabe Brown, Malik Hall. Trent, I'm going to pop it over to you one last time. Uh, kind of some final thoughts about what we've seen so far. Expectations for uh, talking to Gabe and Malik and kind of overall feel of uh, today's event. I think the last thing that I really want to hit on that Tom Izzo mentioned made it a point of emphasis is that this team had a COVID-19 outbreak last season, and that was really like the big, you know, Gabe Brown missed significant time, and he's a significant part of your rotation. So I really just think that, you know, that 
is something that shouldn't be forgotten. You know, the, the team may have hit their stride a little earlier. Who knows? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. They made the tournament. They did what they had to do. But this season, I think that's another thing that Tom wanted to bring up is we've seen the light. We're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we've been through the ringer. That's over. Here we are now. And it just seems like a good mentality to have in that building. And I just I think it's going to take them places. We've had a fantastic time, uh, so the three of us so far here in Indianapolis covering a Big Ten Media Day. Got here last night, stayed at uh, the gorgeous Sheridan in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, we, there's been some hijinks as well. Uh, we've had uh, we got, on the way down here. We found an ice cream vending machine phenomenal. at uh, phenomenal. We we found an ice cream vending machine at an Indiana rest stop. So thank you, State of Indiana, for providing the uh, ice cream vending machine. Yeah, I mean, I didn't partake in that because I didn't have cash. But you know, you guys looked like you enjoyed those. I had an ice cream cookie sandwich. Trent or uh, Brendan had a an icy blue raspberry blue, blue raspberry push pop icy. I was between blue raspberry and cherry. I went to Trent for the analysis. He said blue raspberry. Yeah, Fantastic the, listen, decision. The, the, yeah. the fact that cherry was even in the running disgusts me. But that's okay, a different different topic. For yeah, we'll, we'll save that for a further episode. Got a got a nice meal last night downtown Indianapolis. Walked around a little bit, saw the sights, took some photos. When we got back to the hotel last night, we needed some ice because we didn't have an ice bucket in our room. Uh, we got a paper bag or a plastic bag filled it with ice. Uh, it didn't really work. It leaked. Questionable decision. Yeah, that was a very questionable decision. So we'll, we'll leave that decision here in Indianapolis. No more plastic bags of ice. But from Luke Sloan, Trent Bally, Brendan Shabath here in the once again in the depths of uh, I wanted to say Bankers Life Fieldhouse, Gamebridge Fieldhouse here in beautiful downtown Indianapolis, Indiana, wrapping a little bit about the Big Ten Basketball Media Days 2021. You can find The Impact Ism wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, impact89fm.org, slash sports, any of the following. We'll be back here in a few weeks with more episodes, longer episodes to preview the season. All three of us have a lot of thoughts on this year's Spartans team. But for now, thank you for listening. Subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast, and we'll see you next time.